on his name, Mildred. You did good to us, sister. Mildred Harris. We ought, ought to be able to call on his name. Even when the devil's trying to get the best of us, we can still call on his name. Amen, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, choir, for reminding us that there's a Savior. He's sweet, I know. And I can call on him wherever I go. Regardless of the situation, that the, regardless of the time, we can call on the Lord. And he will hear our cry. Amen, amen. Grace be unto you in peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad you all saw fit to come on anyways. Despite the rain and the cold weather, amen, God can still warm you up on the inside. Amen, we thank you, amen, amen. And to our young folks, you look good over there and you're sitting really quiet, amen, thank you. So that's going to be our praise corner. Since I don't have a shouting sermon, I know they're going to help me praise the Lord. Because I understand they got a whole lot of energy, amen. So we're going to use them to praise the Lord, amen. And when they praise the Lord, I want us to join in and praise the Lord too. Amen. 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 Not to beg your patience, there is a word from the Lord. Amen. Luke chapter number 17. And just for a moment, as we flip over to that scripture, we certainly want to ask that we bow our heads to report to the Lord for guidance, understanding, and clarity. May we bow for a moment. God, again, we thank you. We thank you, Master, for being the God that you are a good God, one who has supplied all of our needs and one who will forever be supplying our needs. We thank you, Lord, and we come at this time right now with the need of understanding your holy word. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would give us clarity, you would give us wisdom and understanding, that when we receive your word, we would know what to do as we go out to be servants for thee. Bless us and bless those who are not in the fold with us, but be with them, O oh Lord, cover and protect them, O oh Lord, that they too will receive your spirit because you told them that you would never leave them nor forsake them. So we ask in Jesus' name and for his name's sake we pray, O oh Lord. Amen. 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 There are two translations that I want to read so that we can certainly understand the content of, as well as the context of the scripture. Amen. First, I'm going to read into you here in uh, the King James Version. Very familiar passage of scripture, at least it all ought to be familiar. If not, we'll make sure that we highlight this in our text so we'll be able to read it. Amen. And then thereafter, I'll also read the New Living Translation to pull our subject from. And it reads as to follow. This is, but which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, by and by, when he has come from the field, Go and sit down to me, and would not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunken. And afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise, ye, when ye shall done all those things which are commanded you say we are unprofitable servants we have done that which was our duty to do amen amen now i know that's a little twister for some of us 
our mind twisted to understand that. But the New Living Translation puts it this way. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No. He says, prepare my meal. Put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Verse 7 and 8 says, when a servant comes in from, for plowing and taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. Amen, amen. You don't mind looking at your neighbor for a moment? Amen. Doesn't he look good in Jesus? Doesn't she look good in Jesus? Just tell your neighbor this subject here. Neighbor, God doesn't owe you anything, but you owe him everything. Amen, amen. God doesn't owe us anything. Amen. Somebody on the choir said, God doesn't owe us nothing. Amen. But we owe him everything. Is that safe to say? Amen, amen, amen. Goodwill without shouting your answer out loudly. If I may ask you this right here. And so within the confinement of your own personal space where you are, answer this question. Does God owe you anything? No. If you believe that God owes you anything, you may be unhappy when God fails to deliver you something you asked for. And even if God gives you what you want when you ask him, you may still find something about which to complain. You may be like that mother whose son was blown away by a tornado. The woman cried, Please, Lord, help. Bring back my boy. He's all I have. I'll do anything to get him back. Suddenly, her son fell from the sky right at her feet, a little shaken but safe and sound. And as the mother joyfully embraced her son, she noticed that something was missing. And so she glared up at heaven and said, He had a hat on, Lord. You're going to catch that when you get home. And so let me ask you another question. Do you owe God anything? You see, as Christians, we must understand that we owe God everything. Because everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have, it is because of God's grace and God's mercy. In fact, James tells us in James 1 and 17 in that every good gift and perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father. Young folk, you got the shoes on your feet, not because your mama worked or your daddy worked and paid for them. But you got the shoes on your feet because God blessed your mama with the money, blessed your daddy with the money to buy you not only shoes, but clothes to put on your back. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Yeah, see, if the tr uh, yes. And so goodwill, uh, that's why we praise God and we give thanks to him for his abundant mercy. He gives us that he gives us day in and day out. 
Therefore, as harshly and, and heart-dropping this may be or even sound, but in truth, God doesn't owe us anything. Nevertheless, we owe him everything. If the truth be told, some of us put certain conditions on serving and worshiping God and praising God, although we, we shouldn't do that. You see, a lot of us, if not, if not, can find it easy to praise and worship God when things are going well in our lives. When we all desire, when we all we desire have, to have is in our midst, we call God many different names. On time, God. Uh, come on, somebody. He, he, we call him. We say he's never too late and he's never too early. We, we said that he's the God of my salvation. We call him those names. When, when our health, when our success, when our finance and family affairs and so forth are in good terms, we find it easy to call God faithful and we give him praises. But can a lot of us be able to say steadfast in the Lord when things are not on our side? And say like Job and Job 1 and 21, naked I came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return. To the, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Y'all pray with me. I'm almost finished. Goodwill whether God blesses us with things or not. The truth of the matter is God is not under any obligations to give you anything. Because he is God all by himself and it is he who has made us. In fact, the Bible tells us in Acts 17, 28, for, we, for in him we live and move and have our being for we are also his offspring. We are created servants who, who were created to serve him and worship him in spirit and in truth as we give him glory. He doesn't owe us anything, but we were made to give him some glory. Therefore, as we look at our text, Jesus wants his disciples to understand that God owes them nothing. But as his servant, they owe him everything. Let me say that again. God owes them nothing. But as his servants, they, we, I, you, me, we owe him everything. To get them to understand his message of the servant's duty, Jesus speaks to them through the parable of a servant who is required to work and show the master humility. Therefore, the first point that we can draw from the text as to why we owe, that, that God doesn't owe us anything, but we owe us him everything is, we are expected to serve God. Can I show you that? He doesn't owe us anything. But we owe him everything. Let me say that again. He ain't got to serve us with nothing. He ain't got to put food on our table. He ain't got to put clothes on our back. He ain't got to give us a job. He ain't got to give us a house. He doesn't have to give us a home. But we owe him praises. We owe him glory. We owe him all that we have. Here in the text, Jesus teaches us as a servant God, as a servant of God, we are expected to serve him because we are under and created by him. We are under his authority and created by him. And no matter how much we do or how much we serve him, 
still we can never do more than expected of us like many of us uh, of, of us Jesus parables of this text begins with the question in verse 7 he says but which of you having a servant or feeding uh, a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field go and sit down to meet in other words the parable assumes that a small farmer has one slave this one slave does both the field work and the household chores without a doubt the master of the slave will never say to the slave come here at once and take your place at the table and eat with me never would the master tell the slave come on in I know it's hot out there come on in and I want you to sit and eat with me instead the servant is expected to start cooking and preparing the master's evening meal and so not only that he has to slay he has to slave as the slave does it immediately after coming in from working out in the field from sunup to sundown the slave is expected to come in cook for the master and after the master has eaten the slave can then eat <laughs> I wish I had some praise in him goodwill as servants of God make no mistake about this we are expected to serve him our God our Father we are expected I don't care how hard things may be how tired we may get in life you still got to serve God no matter what sometimes you got to go when you don't want to go sometimes you have to go that's why song says if I had to go all by myself come on somebody I know y'all know that song Isaiah tells in, in Isaiah 42 7 that we were created by God for his glory he said God through Isaiah God through Isaiah said everyone is called by my name for I have created him for my glory I have formed him yea I have made him we are expected to give God the master we the servant some glory come on somebody Had, did you give God glory this morning when you woke up and heard the rain but yet it was still hot in your house did you give him glory by saying Lord thank you that my lights are not off did you give him some glory that when you looked in the refrigerator not only did you have food but you were able to cook the food and eat the food did you thank him for that good we are nothing we do as Christians should, should be a, about us because as servants we are made to serve the father it's not about us but it's all about us serving and worshiping glorifying him it's about him the one who watched over and protected us as he laid asleep last night as the rain pounded on our rooftops and windows it's about him the one who put food on our table so that we don't go hungry it's about him the one who put clothes on our backs to keep us warm it's about him the one who blesses us to have both a car to drive in a home to sleep in him the one who blesses us to have job money families and friends him the one who heals our bodies when we're sick it's about him and giving him glory because he gives us strength when we're weak he's our mind regulator when we're confused him the one who wipes away our midnight tears when we are crying at night him the one who gives us his grace the one who gives us his mercy 
even though we don't deserve it, we have because we're sinners saved by grace, yet he still blesses us over and over and over. David puts it this way. He said, I was shaping in iniquity and then sin did my mother conceive me. Yet God still forgives us and he blesses us over and over. Come on, somebody. Joshua puts it this way. When we think about giving God some, some praises, he says, and if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. He goes on and says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We expected to give him some praises. If your mama isn't here and your daddy isn't here, that's a house. That house ought to be able to praise the Lord anyhow. If your child is here and you are happy that your child is here, that's your household. You ought to be able to praise the Lord anyhow. And so not only are we to serve the Lord, our master. The text also brings us to our attention in that the master does not thank the servant for doing what is commanded of him. First point is, we are ex expected to praise God. But the text says the master does not thank the servant for doing what is commanded of him. Verse 8 says, and will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? He says, I trow not. The New Living Translation puts this away. He says, no, prepare my meal, put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And verse 9 says, and does the master thank the servant for doing what he is told to do? Of course not. And so the second point is, don't expect praise or a pat on your back for doing what is expected of you to do. Let me say that again. Don't expect praise or a pat on your back for doing what is expected of you. God doesn't owe us anything, but we owe him everything. So Brother Shepherd, never expect somebody to come by and praise you or pat you on your back for doing something for the Lord when you are expected to do it. Now I know this may does not sit too well with folks who like to be seen. Folks who want to be recognized and want their names printed on programs. Folks who like their names to be called for doing things in the church. This text shows us that God doesn't owe you a thank you for what is expected of you. And does he thank? And, that, and tech nine, verse 9 says, and does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. Good, we are, our reward is not on this side. But our reward is in heaven. In fact, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 5 and 11, he says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. He goes on and said, Verily I say unto you, 
they have their reward. Although our inclination is to think that if we do what we are asked to do, then at least we do deserve a reward or some kind of paycheck or stipend from the church. After all, I, I spent my time and gas coming and working in the church. They ought to give me something, Sandy. A pat on the back or a smile or at least a thank you card. Goodwill, nothing we do for the church is for our glory. Never expect folks to thank you for helping them out in and out of the church. Paul tells us in Colossians 3, 23 says, And whatsoever you do it, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. I, I think I need to say that again. Don't ever think that people ought to thank you and praise you for doing what you are expected to do because if God bless you and ran your cup over, you are expected to give some to your brother and your sister. If God gave you more pair of shoes to put on and you haven't worn those shoes, you are expected to give your brother or your sister some shoes. If God has blessed you with a car, more car than you deserve, and yet a loved one needs a car, you are expected to give that person your car he says whatever you do do it highly <laughs> as unto the Lord and not unto men and so Jesus here now Texas teaches the disciples that although they might work or slave unto God to do but they still have to do what is expected of them without accommodation without a praise without a pat on the back even though they are challenged the challenge may seem as a servant unrealistic still they gotta do it anyhow even when they do all that is required that they haven't done nothing for which they might expect to be rewarded from let me go hold down and close so even when the demand seems unrealistic a servant we are servants only doing what is required of us if I may go to this section over here yes they may be a little rambunctious. Yes, they may have more energy than you have. <laughs> Remember, you had some energy too. <laughs> and yes, when they get out of order, you go to them. Not hard. But the Bible says a soft answer. Holler back at me, somebody. Turn it away, wrath. And so when that little fellow on the front row messed with that little girl in the second row, and she turns around and messes with that little boy on the third row. You don't get mad at them. Because you are expected. Come on, somebody. Did not the word of God say, train up a child? Come on, somebody. In the way, thank you, Deacon Moore. In the way that he should go. And come on, somebody. What would happen? He will not depart from them. You are expected. Without a pat on the back. To help a child, you are expected. Without a pat on the back to help a grieving mother, you are expected. Without a pat on the back to go and see about somebody, you are expected. Without getting a paycheck from the church to, to drive and pick somebody up and bring in the church so we can give God some glory. Anyhow, anyhow, let's not get this thing twisted. God expects us to praise and worship him God expects us to feed his sheep when they're hungry to clothe them when they're naked to visit them when they're sick and to pray for one another 
as he has prayed for us. So never expect a thank you, but expect one another and expect another assignment and another assignment and another assignment because we can never do too much while working for the Lord. And so thirdly and lastly, although God doesn't owe us anything and we owe him everything, and while we expect to do some things, thirdly, show some humility while working for the Lord. Can I show it to you? Verse 10 says, so likewise, when you have done all those things which are commanded, that's what the word says, expected of you, say you are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. In other words, the New Living Translation says, in the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. We're never, we can never do too much for the Lord. And never should we look down on others because they don't have. Yet while working for the Lord, we must show some humility. You see, if the truth be told, all of us are sinners saved by grace. Therefore, we should never think that we're above others who are less fortunate than they are. And so while we are helping others and working for the Lord, the text says we are, un we are to say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. In other words, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. We may be a little confused with the adjective unworthy servants. We may think that Jesus, what we may think that Jesus means that the servant has no worth or value. Although it's not mentioned here in the text, the servant does have value. The servant does have worth. The servant does have value. The servant does have worth. But the servant is to do what is expected of him and says, and all the servant is supposed to do is says, I've only done what I'm expected to do. Well, who is the servant? You are the servant. You are the servant. You are the servant. You are the servant. I am the servant. You are the servant. And guess what? You have worth. You have value. Because God woke you up this morning to give him some praises. God woke you up this morning tell somebody how good he is. God woke you up this morning to go forth and help somebody. And so you are worthy up to the masses. But you got to do what is expected of you with some humility. In other words, a servant never gives the master a profitable return on his investment and he expects to be praised for what he has done. He's simply doing what the master has commanded him. Let me bring this home. Suppose you are a gifted person. You are skilled and able to build a brand new car. Yet you build the car that is able to, to travel 75 miles on a gallon of gas. If the car performs in such a way that it travels 75 miles per gallon, it would simply be, provide, be performing all that is it's supposed to be performed. That's how the car was designed. Similarly, a servant is required to obey his master's command 
when he obeyed every single command of his masters, he's simply performing as he is supposed to perform. There's nothing, come on somebody, of merits in all that we do that the servant gets to the point that, that he excels what he is supposed to do. He is still a servant doing what he is supposed to do. If I bring this home, you are supposed to serve God with humility and not get snooty and snotty. Let me ask you this right here. If you do it, you do it wholeheartedly because you're supposed to do it. If I may have some help in here, who woke you up this morning? Nobody but God who put clothes on your back. Nobody but God who put food on your table. Nobody but God who put money in your pocket. Nobody but God. If he's done all that, then you are supposed to give him some praise. You are supposed to give him some glory. You are supposed to magnify his name because he owes you nothing. But you owe him everything. If he's been good to you, you owe him some praises. If he watched over you last night, you owe him some glory. If he healed your body, you owe him a praise. Can you praise him? Because you expected to praise him. Don't get snotty, but show some humility. And say that had not been for the Lord on my side. Where would I be? But I thank God for saving, for helping, for magnifying, for seeing about me. God doesn't owe you anything, goodwill. But you owe him everything. Thank you. You owe him everything. We owe him everything. We owe him everything. And so, young folk, you owe him some praises. Because the word of God says, train up a child. Didn't you see that person over here clapping? Didn't you see that person over here clapping? Didn't you see that person over here clapping? If they're clapping praise to the Lord, they're showing you that you too are supposed to clap and praise the Lord anyhow. Praise the Lord for your mama. Praise the Lord for your daddy. Praise the Lord for your uncle. Praise the Lord for your auntie. Praise the Lord for your neighbor. Praise to the Lord. God's been good to you. Don't sit there like you deserve something. Who put that truck on your back? Who put those shoes on your body? Praise him anyhow. Give him some praises. He's going to give you a job to go to tomorrow. He's going to put a paycheck in your bank account. Praise him. You are expected to give him what he deserves. We're the servants. I'm glad he's a slave driver. If he can keep me from doing wrong, huh, put that thing around my neck and lead me over here, Jesus. Lead me in the path of righteousness for that name. See, God doesn't owe us anything. You see that goodwill? But you owe him everything. He's the master. We're the servants. And the mass expects us to do what is expected of us to do. And don't look for a pat on the back. <laughs> don't worry about calling my name. Don't worry about saying I did good. Thank you, somebody. My heaven, my heaven, my heavens, my heaven, my heaven is where I'm bound. That's where I'm bound. And my reward is in my heavens where I'm bound. And your reward 
it's in heaven where you are bound as well. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? We owe God everything. We owe him everything. There's a song that's coming to my mind that says, if it had not been for the Lord. Can y'all line that one without me lining it? If it had not been for the Lord. 